1984, pastors Jean and Sue started Faith Christian Center in a hotel ballroom. But for the past 36 years, they have taught people how to practically apply the Bible to their everyday lives. Over the years, God has blessed us and the church has grown. Faith Christian Center is now located on a beautiful 73-acre campus in the heart of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We believe the best is yet to come. Today's message will encourage you, inspire you, and teach you how to experience God's best in every area of your life. So let's pick up tonight in Ephesians 1.3, and we'll hit some new ground. Ephesians 1.3, we're talking about faith and prayer on Wednesday nights. And we're basically, we're not trying to uh, line this up with what we're doing on Sundays. It just happened to fall that way. But we're talking about what Jesus has already done for us. Ephesians 1.3, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us. What tense is that? Has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. So the work is already done. Then later, I came across 1 Corinthians 3.21, where Paul declares that all things are mine, whether the revelation was given to Paul or Cephas or Apollos, it was all mine. Everything that the Father has wrought in Christ in his great substitutionary work belongs to the individual believer. 1 Corinthians 3.21, all things are ours. Say it out loud, all things are mine. mine. You know, first time I taught on that up at I-30, when really it's like, It was in the Bible the whole time, but it was just came alive to me. I remember some Word of Faith folks were texting me about, oh my gosh, all things are mine. You know, it's it's just one of those things. When you do the annual Bible reading, there are inevitably verses, and you could you could go to court and swear. I never read that before in my life, but somehow it just comes alive. It just jumps off the page. It just is made real to you. Say it again, all things are mine. So it makes no difference whether the believer is educated or uneducated, whether he is rich or poor. The boundless grace unveiled in Christ belongs to each and every one of us. And really, this also goes to the book of James and why we're not supposed to show favoritism. Uh, This has served us well at Faith Christian Center many, many, many years ago. You know, this church is 37 and a half years old, so maybe 36 years ago. It was way back. We just saw from the Word of God that we wanted to reward loyalty. Uh, we wanted to reward faithfulness. We don't, we don't reward wealth, and we don't reward color. Uh, we're not supposed to do that. If we're going to be doers of the Word of God, you don't see somebody dress nice and offer them a special seat. Uh, now, if they're faithful, they're here all the time, and they happen to look like they got a couple of nickels, somebody could misconstrue it. You see what I'm saying? But but we don't show favoritism to people based on them having something. Amen. So far as we know, they could have stole it. Amen. And I've I've had members and they did steal it. Amen. But uh, so it's not about that. It's not about that. It's not about having money. It's not about where you were born. It's not about the color of your skin. It's about faith. Psalm 27, 1, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Say it out loud. The Lord is my light. So I can do anything that is necessary to be done because of his ability that has been imparted to me. The Lord is my light and my salvation. I was so moved the other night when I read in Psalm uh, Genesis 50 that Jacob tried to testify to Pharaoh. He blessed Pharaoh twice, but he did his best to testify to Pharaoh. And in that little conversation, he told Pharaoh that the Almighty has been the shepherd of my life. Oh, my gosh. See, that's a relationship. That's just not calling Jesus Lord for an insurance policy. Hallelujah. He is our light. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Psalm 27, 1 in the King James, Jehovah is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Jehovah is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Actually, that's the NIV, but the word there 
the Lord is the word Jehovah. So we're talking about wisdom. We're talking about ability. He is my ability to use the knowledge of what belongs to me. Now, I'm able to take advantage of what the epistles tell me belongs to me. Now, people have trouble with this, I know, but I, I can't be concerned about that. So if it belongs to me, I want it. And frankly, I got over this decades ago, so there's no point in thinking I'm going to change and knuckle under and roll over and make somebody happy. If it belongs to me, I want it, and I'm not going to feel bad about it. You know, if you had some ungodly, unsaved relative die and they named you in their will, you would want what they left you, and guess what? You wouldn't feel bad about it. Well, why, would we, why should we feel bad when the holiest of holies has made provision for us in his will? And that's what the New Testament is. It is the last will and testament of the Lord Jesus Christ. And in order for a will to come into effect, someone has to die. Well, somebody did die. So why would I feel bad? Because the Lord bequeathed something to me. If it's mine, I want it and then I'm not going to feel bad about walking in it. And I know this puts us in a bind because people don't see the word the way we see it. Then they want to judge us. And, uh, you know, as every year I get older, I judge less and less. I'm not judging anything. But like the, like the Apostle Paul said, Paul said, I judge nothing and I'm not judged by anybody. In other words, everybody can just judge themselves and if they don't think they're worthy of what Paul says belongs to them well that's their problem but I, I don't think I'm worthy I think that the Lord made me worthy by the blood sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ so I want what's mine amen and what I've discovered is I told him the other day I said, I, I wish everybody could know you like I know you. I said, you're so kind. Let me, let me tell you how this conversation happened. We were, I'd never been deep sea fishing in my life. So Derek wanted to go deep sea fishing. Okay. So, you know, he lines up this boat. Okay. So, you know, I had to get a, a long sleeve shirt. So I got that. And so that morning I get up early and I dress for this. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, because I had this long sleeve, they call it a rash shirt. It's light just to keep the sun off your arms. Too many hours in the sun. And so I put that on and the Lord said, you need a collared shirt to keep the sun off your neck. <laughs> and I told him, you're so wonderful. You're so kind. You're so gracious. You're so loving. I wish everybody knew you like I know you. I mean, he is so concerned about us, he doesn't want you to get too much sun on your neck. But if you, if you just listen to people, they'd have you believe that, that he's an ogre, that he's mean, that he's doing something to us. No, he's wonderful. Hallelujah. And let me tell you something. Your perspective of the Lord is the filter through which you hear the word of God. Your, your, your perspective of the Lord is the, it's almost like the, the tint of eyeglasses you have on when you come to the word of God. And I don't see him as being mean or ugly or out to get me. Like, like Jacob, he is the shepherd of my soul. Hallelujah. He's my father. He loves me. He's kind. He's gracious. He's wonderful. Hallelujah. See, and if you relate to him like that, well, you get a whole different result than all these people out here, GD this and GD that. that, that you're going to get a bad result. Amen? So, he's my light and my salvation. He's not only my ability, but my salvation, my deliverance, and my redemption. I'm as free from Satan's dominion in the mind of the Father as Jesus was when he rose from the dead because the resurrection of Jesus made me free. I believe it. Now, I'm not saying I'm walking in it, 
but I believe it. I believe I have, I believe I am just as much over Satan right now tonight as I will be the day after the rapture. I believe that I am just as victorious in Christ tonight as I will be the day after the rapture. I believe that in the sight of God, I am just as much his son tonight as I will be the day after the rapture. I believe it. Now, that doesn't mean I'm always walking in it. But I believe it. See, and that's where we have to come to. That's where we have to come to, to for God to work through us. For God to work through us. Let me tell you a story. You know, this is insider information. I sat in, t- in T.L. Osborne's living room one day, and he told me the story that... Uh, I have the timeline. I'm going to leave out the timeline because I could have it wrong. But he had pastored a little church. I think it was up in Seattle, and that hadn't gone very well. And and he he read in a periodical or a magazine about Oral Roberts had bought a tent, and Oral Roberts was doing these healing meetings. And they grew up together. They were boys together in Oklahoma. They grew up together. And T.L. told me, he said, well, I just thought to myself, well, you know, I can do whatever Oral can do. You know, Oral's no smarter than I am. Whatever he can do, I can do. And uh, so he, he headed out in evangelism. Amen. Now, somebody might say, well, that's one-upmanship or that's competitiveness. No, no, no. It's perspective because you've heard, how many times have you heard me say what one man can do, another man can do? And so I, I think, I think in, a, in some ways in this celebrity culture, I think in this celebrity culture, we're more likely than any previous generation to sabotage ourselves and to say, oh, somebody over there, they got a special gift. Oh, somebody over there, they got a special anointing. Again, this is perspective. Amen. It's perspective. It really is. T.L. just believed that God, he used to say it all the time. I'm sure it irritated people. He used to say all the time, God is big in me. Do you know the number one thing that people wrote to Oral Roberts and complained about? You know, and it's sad because I was in a champion builder group here a few months back and I mentioned the name Oral Roberts and I could tell they didn't know who I was talking about. It's sad. You ought to go to YouTube and type in Oral Roberts and watch and learn. But uh, the number one thing Oral Roberts was criticized by and I won't mention the denomination, but mainly that denomination, pastors would write in and say, I wish you'd stop saying God is a good God and God's going to do something good in your life today. That was the number one complaint. Yeah, we're going to get to this if I have time tonight on, on why all of this has happened. So... I became a partaker of his resurrection the moment I became a new creation in Christ. See, we're talking about this on Sunday mornings. I, to, to walk in the victory that he has in store for me, I, I have to know who I am in Christ. I have to know where I am in Christ. Colossians 3.1, since then you have been raised with Christ. What tense is that? You have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. You've been raised with Christ. The ability of God that was exercised in the resurrection of Jesus belongs to every believer today. Every believer, every believer, every believer. And it's horrifying. I was getting dressed this evening and, you know, the Lord's been working on me to do some things that, frankly, I have not ever done. And so I've been reestablishing some connections from the past and basically it's about inviting people to the week of increase and I thought of another guy while I was getting dressed this evening, and I said to the Lord, I said, do you want me to see if I can reestablish that connection? He said, now listen to what he said. He said, no, he's not interested in learning anything. See, this is, this is uh, you have to understand, there's a kind of a Christian that uh, they're, they're just doing what they're doing. And they're not interested in growing or maturing or evolving or changing, you know. And, uh, and the Lord reminded me of a con- the last conversation I had with him. He texted me that, uh, you know, he was having some women trouble in the church because it, it all goes back to 
counseling women. And I texted him and I said, well, you know, I pastor the men, Sue pastors the women, I don't meet with women. And, uh, you know, then he starts coming back at me about the black culture and all this. I said, I don't want to hear about the black culture. I said, people are people. And I said, uh, you know, just tell them, I'm not going to meet with you. And if you want to meet with someone, you can meet with my wife. And if you don't want to meet with my wife, well, that tells me what's in your heart in the first place. You know, so, you know, you can't, you can't tell people stuff because they don't want to hear it. They want to do what they're doing. They want to do it the way they have always done it. And they don't, even though I could help them stay out of trouble. When I was a young man, I looked for advice. I mean, I still look for advice, but there's just not that much out there worth paying attention to. But, you know, I mean, when I was a young man, I mean, I, I, I hunted and I searched and I, I looked and I learned and I learned anywhere I could. Dad Hagen used to say we used to, we make a terrible mistake thinking we can't learn something from people even outside our tribe. Sue so and I, on a Wednesday night, the, year, the day, was it a day or two before Samuel was born, we were in one of the biggest Southern Baptist churches in America. And the guy... Austin had befriended that pastor, and so, you know, he said he knew he knew we were coming back from Cincinnati. He said, "Stop by," so we stopped by, and uh, oh my gosh, I mean, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful people. But when they prayed for the sick, man, it was sad. Skinny little black gal came up; she needed prayer, and there's this old white, you know, deacon or whatever man. I mean, he just handled her. And I leaned over to Sue and I said, "It's sad." They ought to come talk to, to us full gospel people. We could tell them what you do when you lay hands on people and what you don't do when you lay hands on people because it was completely inappropriate. I wanted to go pop the guy myself. But my point is, I wasn't in charge, wasn't my deal. You know, I got my own business. Do you understand? But we make a mistake when we think we can't learn from others. And even when we think we can't learn from people outside our tribe. Yeah, it's a mistake. You could go back in time and read John Wesley and learn a lot. You could go back and read George Wesley and learn a lot. People that aren't even, that weren't even full gospel. But let me tell you what, they knew more than most full gospel people do today. Somebody back at the hotel when we were pioneering gave me a book of Billy Sunday sermons that sat on my the night nightstand next to our bed for years, and I used to go to bed every night reading Billy Sunday sermons. Billy Sunday wasn't baptized in the Holy Spirit of God, but man, you can learn a lot from Billy Sunday sermons. My gosh, and you can learn a lot of prosperity from Billy Sunday sermons. So I like I call it cross pollination. So you understand a guy like Yonggi Cho wasn't completely he he wasn't really completely in the faith camp. But if I could learn something from Cho, I mean, I, I learned what I could from Yonggi Cho, and I learned what I could from different people, even though maybe they weren't in the same exact group that I was primarily in. Amen. I like to learn where I can learn. Jessica came back from uh, one of the kids' sporting events and told me about a brand-new junior high school out here somewhere in rural Texas and how cool they had built the track and the uh, restrooms for the track and the football stadium and all of that. So, you know, that's just the way I'm hardwired. You know, I got I to go see that I, because we're going to build that. So I got to go see that. I, you just, if you go to your architect, they know what they know. They draw what they draw. Well, here's somebody did something innovative. Well, I want to see it. Do you understand? And learn. Yeah, so if, you, if in your Christian life you have learned everything that you're going to learn, you're dead. So there's always more because God is great. Lift both hands and say, God is great. God is great. See, and so there's a word in, uh, I don't remember the Greek word, but there is a word in John chapter 1, no man hath comprehended him, apprehended him. And the, and the meaning of the Greek word is understood him completely. It's impossible to understand God completely. Dad Hagen used to say, it, it was amazing to me, but he used to say himself, we, we know so little. We know so little. 
And that was probably, in my life, the, the person who understood the Pauline epistles more than anybody in my lifetime. But he would stand in the pulpit and say, we know so little. So we should be learning. Amen? Because there's more. Ephesians 1.18, I pray also. See, Paul's, tell your neighbor, Paul's praying for you. Ephesians 1.18, I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is like what? It's like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every title that can be given, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. See, that's the power. Say it out loud. That's the power at work in me. The, the, the power that is at work in you is the exact same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Verse 22, And God placed all things under his feet, appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Now let me ask you this. The, the church, the body of the Lord Jesus Christ, the church militant, they would say theologically, the church that we can see with our eyeballs, could you say it's the fullness of him who fills everything in every way in 2021? No way. It's pitiful. It's pitiful. It's horrifying, actually. Truly, it's horrifying. Great, great, I thought, I thought, I thought, great, great men of God Hawking experimental vaccines. You understand, I wouldn't care if something was FDA approved. I wouldn't care if it had a 20-year track record. What business do I have as a man of God hawking medicine? Do you understand? But I told somebody, somebody asked me the other day, I said, well, I like my DNA. I said, I know it's imperfect. <laughs> But I've had it 65 years, and so far it's done me pretty good. So, you know. But what are they doing? What, what are they doing? What are they doing? October of 2017, I'm, we're, we used to do this. We're not doing it anymore. We used to go to San Francisco for 10 days to eat. And... Uh, <laughs> You laugh, but at my age, I'm not doing mountain climbing, you know, I'm not, I'm not going surfing, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not uh, swimming with the dolphins. Uh, at my age, you get to a point where you what? You eat, yeah. Then you walk it off, then you go eat some more. And uh, I'm coming out of the little office in my, the little closet in my office, and the Lord directed my attention to the left. He directed my attention to an Oral Roberts book. He said, take that. And, you know, that's a long flight from Dallas to uh, San Francisco. So I read it once through on the flight. And then I noticed every time I didn't have it in my hand, Sue was reading it. And we must have read that book three or four times on that trip. And I told Sue the other day, that experience by the Holy Spirit was not just about more miracles in our lives. And it wasn't just about paying Faith Christian Center off last year. That was preparation for COVID. Because point number one in that book in Oral Roberts, I guess you would call it a system to receive miracles from God. Number one is see God as your source. And so I know people might, might have thought I was crazy or irresponsible. I, I stood right here about 15 months back, and I said, if God can't protect me, he doesn't need me. Amen. But see, that was, that was me seeing God as my source. Amen. You know, not Fauci, <laughs> not Pfizer. That's right. You know, I just saw God as my source, not Trump. Right. I saw God as my source. And it's fundamental to receiving miracles. I'm talking about, I'm not just talking about financial miracles, I'm talking about healing miracles. Whatever kind of miracle you need to see God as your source, not man. 
to see God as your source, not man. To see God as your source, not man. I don't know if you have figured it out, but man will fail you. I don't know if you've figured it out, but man will lie to you. And I don't know if you've figured it out, but man will lie to you to make a profit. But God? You know, I'm, I'm rereading, uh, well, actually, yes, I'm rereading through the Bible the second time. But when I finished out the first time, over and over and over in the Pauline epistles, Paul says, God who cannot lie. He, he can't lie. He cannot lie. So when we put our faith and our trust in him 100%, it's impossible to get snookered. It's impossible to be taken advantage of. It's impossible. Actually, if we would put our faith in God 100%, it's impossible to be let down. Now, I'm not saying we'll get everything we want when we want. Take some time to confess some of this stuff in. Amen? But it comes. Say it out loud. The same power power that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power that's at work in my life tonight. Yeah. So we have never grasped the significance of this, and that's why Paul said that he had made this a prayer for the Ephesians. He wanted them to get it. And God wants you to get it tonight. Now, the Father has given to us the ability that he exercised in the resurrection of Jesus. Hence, we who have received eternal life have in our possession today the resurrection power or ability of God. I was was horrified the first time this happened to me. Most of you have come along in my older years. You, you You don't know the history. I preached from one end of Mexico to the other. I preached from one end of Guatemala to the other. I preached from one end of Nicaragua to the other. I preached and I began preaching in Nicaragua when it was communist. Now it's communist again. But I preached in about 40 countries of the world. I used to travel every month except holiday months and, and preach. That's how we got to that quarter of a million souls saved number. I used to, I did I was a doer of the word of God. I did the work of an evangelist. I'm not an evangelist, but I did the work of an evangelist. So you don't know that history, most of you. And I don't remember where I was or what country I was in, but I, I was horrified to hear these words come out of my mouth one night. I preached the gospel, and then I was calling for the sick, and I heard these words come out of my mouth. If the sick are not healed here tonight, then everything I've said is a lie. And I thought, dear God, I'm in, the, I'm in the soup now. Well, he performed so spectacularly that I just, that just became part of my vocabulary when I preached overseas. Now, you, saw, you might sit here tonight and say, well, how come you don't do that here? You have enough light to save China. God... There's nobody here tonight that needs a sign, wonder, or a miracle. Signs, wonders, and miracles are for the unbelievers. God, see, once you get taught, God expects you to walk in the light you have. Once you get taught, God expects you to believe and confess and take action on the word that you know. Signs and wonders and miracles are God's method of advertising for the lost. But I'm convinced that before the master returns, there will be groups of men and women who will recognize this and they will take their place and begin to show to the world a type of supernatural ability that will startle a sense, knowledge, ruled world. That's where I wanted to get to tonight, sense, knowledge. And this is my prayer and this is why I believe God warned me about time on February 3rd and 4th, 2015. It's no idle thing to have God in you. Tell your neighbor, it's no idle thing to have God in you. Tell the neighbor on the other side, it's no idle thing to have God in you. The God who raised Jesus from the dead is dwelling in you, and he has lost none of his ability or power. A lady came to me Sunday after church. She said, said, Pastor, you got walking on water faith. I thought, no, 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 no.
But apparently, maybe she was speaking comparatively. Because there's, there's a lot of people out here, man, they just don't have any faith at all. These, this last 15 months has been horrifying. Fear. Say it out loud. Fear, Fear. is never of God. Fear is always of the devil. And you understand, now I know what I'm about to say could get us, get this, you know, pulled off YouTube. Uh, the way they got the German people to go along with the persecution of the Jews, one of the ways was they called them dirty and they called them disease carriers. See, nothing's new. This is a retread. Fear. See, how, and I don't know about you, but haven't you wondered your whole life, how in the world, how in the world, how in the world did they get German people to go along with all of the, they, what they did? Fear. 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 Somebody's, somebody's going to take their money. Somebody's a disease carrier. You know, fear. If you make people afraid, you can manipulate them. They'll give up their rights. They'll stay home. They'll give up their businesses. They'll give up their jobs. You know, Austin read a testimony last Sunday. Somebody lost their job because of, of a vaccine requirement. God turned around and gave them a better job, more money. See, if we look to God as our source, it doesn't matter what they're doing. And the days are coming, my friends, the days are coming if the Lord tarries. Every one of us needs to be out of debt and we need to have cash stacked up like cordwood. Amen. Because just today, President Dementia said <laughs> that we have to be on the lookout for the next pandemic because we want to, we want to take action early to mitigate it. So you know what there's, what, there, in other words, get ready for the next one. Well, you know, the Irish used to have a saying, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, twice shame on me. So, you know, I, I've been down this road now. <laughs> this is all a sifting. This, this is a separating out. And I don't know about you, but I, I want to I have my faith and I want to have my trust in the Lord. Amen. Romans 8, 11, And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead, the same spirit, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is living in you tonight. So say every morning, the mighty one is in me. I can, he, he can put me over today. I can face any emergency. I can do all things in him because he is my strength. He is the strength of my life. That was another phrase that we did uh, a series on television. He is the strength of my life. He says to us every morning of our lives through the prophet Isaiah in 41.10, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Say it out loud. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. You see, it is not what I should be. It is, it is not what I can be. It is what I am right now in Christ Jesus. It's who I am. So we're not trying to be righteous. We are. We're not trying to be strong for God is the strength of our life. We're not trying to be wise because Jesus has been made unto us wisdom. We are what he says we are so we can do what he says we can do. Say it out loud. We are who he says we are so we can do what he says we can do. I, I, I've, I've hired my last minister 
on the way I've been hiring them over the years. Anybody comes to me now and says they feel called, I'm going to tell them, I'm going to tell them. I've just had it. I'm going to tell them, you bring me three people that were demon-possessed that you cast the devil out of, and you bring me somebody that was healed of cancer, and if you can't do that, I don't need to talk to you. Because it's just a bunch of shucking and jiving. You know, pastor, I'm called. Yeah. Anybody called will have fruit. And when I say fruit, I'm not talking about a guy down the road and the only fruit he's got is what fell off my plate. I'm not talking about fruit that he gathered up that fell off my plate. I'm talking about the fruit you produced. Well, that's kind of strong. Well, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, a lot of these guys are used car salesmen who couldn't make it selling used cars, so they went in the ministry. Everybody look around. What, what are you looking at? Fruit. Well, it's not just about money. Well, how about that could be one kind of fruit? And, and I'll tell you why it is fruit. Because we couldn't have done all this unless I talked you into it. The only way we did all this is I talked you into prospering from the Word of God. I asked a TV producer of one of the, well, actually, he's worked for a bunch of famous people, one of the famous, biggest ministries in the world. And I said, do you even know of a, of a ministry anywhere, anywhere that runs our numbers and has the assets we have? He said, not even close. It's fruit. Amen. And then souls saved. We could, we could get into it tonight. How many got saved here? How many got recommitted to the Lord here? How many got set free from drugs here? How many got healed here? How many got healed of cancer here? We could go through it tonight. I mean, the hands would be unbelievable at every point. Fruit. And I've about had it with my fullness with children being lost out of this church because their moms and dads are not doers of the word on being fruit inspectors. Stop letting your children hang out with the children of losers. I just don't think we should call somebody a loser. Well, you may not call them a loser, but you can think between your ears, they're losers. And I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to let, I'm not going to let my children fellowship. Dear God, spend 18 years raising them, spend 18 years training them. How much money, how much money to have a kid in St. Paul's for 12 years, spend all that money, all those tennis shoes, all, oh, forget about it. The teething, the, the, the diapers, the vomiting. 18 years and then then hand them over to some some loser neighbor some loser Facebook person some loser from some ne'er-do-well Christian that hasn't got any fruit whatsoever it's not going to happen not not with my clan And, and, and it could be right here inside the church. I remember the biggest, probably the biggest throwdown I ever had with Pastor Soup, man. I came home from work one day and I'd had it. And I told her, I said, I said, if you don't handle this situation with Christina's friend who was in church and in St. Paul's, I said, if you don't handle this situation, I said, I'm telling you right now, I, I said, life as you know it will cease to exist. <laughs> and we had, we had, I mean, because I'm the sheriff, 
some of you women, that's why, you know, you're not married, because you, you married a sheriff, and you didn't want a sheriff. You wanted to be the sheriff. But I'm the protector. I'm the provider. Pastor, I heard, I heard you rebuke somebody in the fellowship atrium. I'm the provider, and I'm the protector. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep puts himself in harm's way to protect the sheep. But now I can't keep you from going to the slaughter of your own free will. Here, here's my darling. Here's the, the greatest precious asset of my entire life. You know, I spent $100,000 educating them. I changed 3 million diapers. I cleaned up spit and vomit. You know, I, I got my suits and my dresses and all that dry cleaned a hundred times because of the, the throw up. But here, 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 you know, uh, take them to a drinking deal, take them to a, a, a weed deal, take them to a, a loser church deal. What are you going to do? If you get to the gate and Peter says, I know Peter doesn't run the gate, but that's a, a current, that's a common illustration. What are you going to do if you get to the gate and Peter says, where are your children? John Osteen, one of my daddies said, our greatest mission field is our families. And we're giving money to Tiff Shuttlesworth and we're giving money to feed the hungry and we're giving money to this and that and the other and all this stuff we're doing. But your biggest mission field and my biggest mission field is our families. How'd I get off on that? Somebody needed it. Jesus uttered some amazing words and prophetic facts about believers. Matthew 19, 26, Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Matthew 17, 20, he replied, Because you have so little faith, I tell you the truth, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move nothing will be impossible for you. So we see that all things are possible with God and nothing is impossible for you. Then Mark eleven twenty four. 24, Therefore I send you what things serve you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. So you can have what you say. Mark nine twenty three. Jesus said, if you can, everything is possible for him who believes. Say it out loud. Everything is possible everything for him who believes. And the word believes means a believing one. There were no believing ones in the time while Jesus was preaching. They were Jews under the law. There were no new creations in Christ. The believing ones came into being at Pentecost. A believing one means a believer, a new creation man, a new creation woman. The new creation man is a partaker of God's nature. We have not, we have not comprehended this. We have not apprehended this, and we have not walked in it. But the new creation man, the new creation woman is a partaker in the nature of God. His life is in us. His wisdom is in us. His power is in us. The new creation man is actually an incarnation. Jesus was an incarnation. And when you get saved, when you get born again, when you become a new creation in Christ, you're actually an incarnation. Over and over. I mean, I'm... I'm in Exodus now reading, and he says, there's coming a time I'm going to write my, my, my name, and I'm going to write my word on your hearts. See, the, the word, is, word of God is not out there. The Spirit of God is not out there. God himself is not out there. He is in here. He is written on my heart. His word is written on my heart. His wisdom is mine. His knowledge is mine. His power is mine. But we haven't seen it. And if you don't see it, you can't walk in it. Then he invites the spirit who raised Jesus from the dead who came on the day of Pentecost to make his home in, his, in, our, in our bodies, in his body, the new creation man. Then, see, we become a new creation in Christ. Well, then a second event, we invite the Holy Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead to come and to make his home in us. And, you know, we don't emphasize... We don't emphasize physical manifestations in this church 
you know, Dad Hagen used to teach that you can get off course and you can actually pick up a demon doing that. But I mean, everybody in the room, everybody in the room, everybody in the room has, has felt God. Now, we don't go looking for that because you can get off track doing that. But it's wonderful. It's wonderful. Not every night, but a lot of nights over in the corner on the left, there's a bright light. And I've seen him, you know, a few times. It's, uh, it's an angel dressed for war. Fear is completely unfounded. There's no reason to be afraid of anything. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I mean, you know, and it just gives you like a warm glow. Now, we don't live for that. We're not looking for that. You can get off course. Looking for experiences. Looking for feelings. But there's not anybody in the room that hasn't felt God. Not if you're born again. And there's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. See, he's not out there. He's not somewhere else. He's here. He's inside the new creation. And then on top of that, those of us who are baptized in the Holy Spirit, we invited, <laughs> we invited this second person of the Trinity to come and dwell within us. This man not only has God's nature, but he actually has God living in him. If this doesn't constitute a superman, then I don't know what a superman is. See, we, the problem is we live in this culture and... I agree with Clint Eastwood. You know, nobody's interested in doing movies. It's just all this Transformer stuff. And those are, Clint Eastwood says those aren't really movies. And I agree with him. But this whole fascination with superheroes, it, it has completely got us off course in our perspective. When Trump won the presidency, well, that seems like ancient history. Is that 2016? And uh, a preacher was texting me pictures from Mar-a-Lago. And uh, so I head out the front door one morning, and I start out with joy and gladness, with joy and gladness. And I come around the first corner, and the Lord spoke to me, and the Lord said, so what about you? He said, do you want to go hang out with the president-elect? And I said, no, I just want to hang out with you. You see, a lot of people, they want to tell you about their relationship with this. And oh my God, these preachers, these preachers, there's a picture out there on the internet, a famous preacher with his shirt off on a bed with Justin Bieber. He's got his shirt off. Somebody might say, well, they're just best buds. Look, there's no reason for me to be in a guy's bedroom there's no reason for me to be on a guy's bed. There's no reason for me to be with a guy and my, sh my shirt off. There's no reason for me. To, I mean, it is like hinky a hundred different ways. <laughs> and you're not ever going to see a, uh, a picture like that of me. Or throwing back shots with some famous guy in some bar. It ain't going to happen. It ain't going to happen. And I mentioned a name, a movie star here a few minutes ago, but I, I don't care about that. I don't care about... You know, whether somebody famous comes to church or not. Or See, my perspective is I knew Oral Roberts. I knew Lester Sumrall. I knew Fred Price. These were my friends. So why would a politician impress me? See, this, this superhero, this celebrity perspective has wrecked not just the culture, it's wrecked the church. And, and what must God think that we have God living on the inside of us, we have the Holy Spirit living on, on the inside of us, 
and we just go weak at the knees when we see a Dallas cowboy picking up his luggage at the airport. (laughs) What's wrong with people? They can't even win. I mean, you know, people just get excited about all the wrong stuff. And I've gone down some rabbit trails, but sometimes the side journeys help us more than actually what's in the notes. Say it out loud, I'm a new creation in Christ. I'm a partaker of the nature of God. I've got his power at work inside me. His life, his wisdom is at work in my life. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is at work in my life. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Jehovah is my light and Jehovah is my salvation. Of whom shall I be afraid? I look to the Lord. The Lord heals me. The Lord saves me. The Lord sustains me. And the Lord protects me. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you for listening to this life-changing message. To partner with us and to help us reach more people with the good news of the gospel, visit our website at faithchristiancenter.com. Your financial support is enabling us to reach more people than ever before. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that simple prayer, you are born again and today is a new beginning. We would like to send you a copy of Dr. Jean Lingerfeld's book, God's Very Own Child. To receive your free copy, call the church office at 817-561-3400 or send an email to info at faithchristiancenter.com. Remember to put God first in every area of your life because he loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And don't forget, we walk by faith, not by sight.